0: Ellen and and the team for leading us again this week. Isn't it so good? Aren't you thankful? Man. And I'm really thankful as well for for your voice also. also. I don't know um, if this is just me, but something that I find so encouraging about Sunday mornings and taking the time to worship with you is I just get really encouraged by your voice. Hearing you guys sing and hearing us sing together, I just find that such a beautiful thing. Uh, such a unifying thing. And um, anyway, so thank you. It was really encouraging to me as we, were, as we were singing together. I want to share something kind of ironic that, that happened to me last week. So I was heading home from church and uh, driving, up, driving up to Woodstock. And I passed Hebron United Church. How many people know where that is? It's kind of on your way? Yeah, and I noticed their church sign. And this is what it said. I thought this was really good. Some minds are like concrete. All mixed up and permanently set. <laughs> not bad, eh? I, thought a real, I was in my car alone, just kinda like chuckling. I thought that was really good. And I think it's ironic because that's exactly what we are trying to avoid as a church. Right? For the past long while we've been in a series called Rethinking Your Life, and it's been all about not having a concrete mind. Right? We wanna be we wanna be we wanna be moldable and we wanna we want to ask the question, like, if there's anything we need to rethink, if there's anything we've always thought, we maybe haven't thought seriously about, that, that's just maybe kind of out of line with what God thinks and what the Bible says. We want to be the kind of people that will pivot and change so that we can live God-honoring lives. So that's, that's what this whole series has been about. I'm really thankful for Mark and all of his work he's put into it. And uh, he's given me the honor of closing it out. And this week he's given me the topic of defeating discouragement. And um, it's kind of funny because when he gave me the topic, I myself was a little bit discouraged because, you know, I was worried that this just would not be relatable. I mean, it's 2020. Things are great. Like, look around. Like, I mean, I, I, just, I just can't. I could can list off of just a bajillion things that are so good right now. I was like, man, I'm going to have to work so hard to try to get you on the same page that this is going to matter for you. And, man, I was discouraged myself. I didn't know if I could do it. <laughs> but, I mean, if only this were true, right? I'm I'm, I'm kidding. Um, like, the past couple of months have just been, honestly, just some of the most discouraging times we've seen. You know, I ask people, and I ask all different ages, have you ever seen anything like this? And the answer is always no. Um, I mean, Sure, this has happened before. Like we're all aware that history is long and full of horrific things, and I'm not trying to say one's worse than the other. But this has been a really, really hard time. And I've this past week, I've just had a fresh experience of how hard it's been. Um, I this has been my this last week was my first week at a new job. Um, I no longer do concrete; I do deliveries. So I'm a produce delivery man, <laughs> um, and. That has put me face to face with a lot of small business restaurant owners, a lot of um, retirement home staff, and a lot of teachers. Those are the people that I've been kind of face to face with. And this past week, I was making a delivery. And the owner, I believe, was sitting outside the back door of her restaurant. And, um, And I could just see, like all over her, that she wonders. If it's all gonna be if she's gonna make it through. All of the effort she's put into it. Done everything, early mornings, hard decisions, long hours, connections she makes with people, and she sits there and wonders, you know, like, is this gonna, is this gonna am I gonna make it through till 2021? And I mean that really puts into perspective for me. I mean, Mark has sent out this an email about COVID and it, it is just so layered. But when you see somebody face to face and they wonder, you know, is this gonna come, am I gonna come out the other side? That's just hard. And so as I kind of wade out into the minefield, so to speak, of your experience um, with the past couple of months, COVID are even unrelated. Like COVID is the first thing we all think about, but there's a million things that you could be going through. I just want to say something right off the bat, and I really want you to hear me, and that's that I don't know what you're going through. Like, I don't know what your experience is. I don't know what you might be grieving. I don't know how unfair it might be. I don't know how hard it might be at work. I don't know all the expectations that are on you. I don't know the extra things. I don't I. I don't know. I, I seriously don't. So, like, when I head out into this, I know I face just, like, 30-plus, like, experiences of COVID that are serious or, or not are just so hard and I just want to say that like the first thing I want to say about discouragement in this whole thing is that I don't want you to feel ashamed if you are discouraged. Like if you if this is your experience and you are somebody who is like man if I could just be honest right now I am, excru- I am discouraged. Like it's not like things are all just fine. Like I don't want you to be ashamed. I want you I want this to be, like, some, I, I just don't want you to suppress that. <laughs> um, I've I learned, like, I've learned the hard way, <laughs> thanks to my, my gracious wife, Lindsay, that it's just, it's really not good just to say, don't feel that way. You know what I mean? It's really not a good thing to suppress your feelings. And, and I really think there's a space for that, it, like, it, like, entering into that dark spot and that discouragement in our faith. I mean, this is a really hard passage to work your way around, but our God, like Jesus Christ, when he was on the cross, this is what he said. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Like, I just can't think of anything more raw than that. You know, things, sometimes in life, it's really, really, really hard and discouraging. So, I just want to say that first, right off the bat, so I I just want to be sensitive to where you're at, and I don't want you to feel ashamed for the fact that if you are discouraged. Um, So with that in mind, let's just come to the Lord together in prayer. Father, as a church, we just want to come before you this morning. Um, Things have been hard. Things might not be okay, Um, but Lord, just in this next 20 minutes, would your Spirit just, just work in this space just to, keep, just, to, just to speak to hearts and open minds and open ears. Keep us calm, and Lord, we just thank you that, that you're invested in our lives and that you do these sorts of things. I pray that you would speak and that you would move. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we're going to be spending a lot of time in the book of Philippians, so if you have a Bible and you really want to follow along, and jump around with me in Philippians, you can do that. It's in your New Testament. It's a small little book. It's only four chapters long. Um, So turn turn your Bible on. Or if if it would be more helpful for you just to listen to me read and catch up with the actual thing later, then that's good too. Um, So I said it's a book, right? We're in the book of Philippians, and I don't want to be like a little bit of a nitpicky guy, but it's actually not a book. It's a letter. Isn't that interesting? How many of you remember letters? (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, sure, right on. Letters, you actually had paper and envelopes, and you wrote, you spent time sitting at a table with a cup of tea, you weren't rushing around like a maniac all the time, and you had somebody in mind as you were writing to, you You had them, what you wanted to say to them, and you would catch up, and you would tell them, you know, say what, how you're doing, maybe give some instructions and stuff like that, and that's what we have. That's what Philippians actually is. And it was written by a man whose name was Paul. Um, just, I'm, I'm going to tell you just quickly about Paul, if you have no idea. Paul is, when Jesus came to earth um, to do his work, to, to reconcile the world to God as a whole other thing, when he, was, when he completed that, he wanted his followers to do the same thing, to keep doing what he did. And so there's a few people in particular that he really used to kind of set this movement ahead. And Paul was one of the people who did that. And he wrote lots of letters. He was a leader in the early church. Um, and so we're reading one of his letters that he wrote to, to, to an early church community. And so here's what I'm, happy, I'm really hoping will happen this morning. As we open this letter and read Paul's words, I hope that you might actually somehow find, find Paul himself and recognize him as an old friend. How many of you here have know what have like that wonderful experience of having an old friend? Yeah, you know what I mean. Somebody that's been there for more than two years. Um, they might not even live near you anymore, but they've just been there for a long time. They've seen you at your best. They've seen you at your worst they've, you've laughed your guts out with each other, you've hated each other, you know what I mean? This kind of person. And I'm I'm, I'm really hoping that you'll actually find that as we, as we kind of explore this letter from him today. Listen to his heart. So this is what Paul wrote in this letter um, to who he was originally writing to, but who we also believe is us as the recipients of this letter. Listen to what Paul says. You have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God both in my imprisonment. So a little context of this letter is that Paul was actually writing this from prison. That's actually like he wasn't in his living room with tea, he was he was in prison. So he says, "Both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news." Now listen to this line. If you've ever got a letter and you just, somebody you love, this would be one of those lines that you just maybe make you really, really miss them. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? He's our old friend. And listen to what his invitation is for us in this letter. This is what he wants us to do. He says, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. So we got somebody here who loves us, he misses us, he wants our best for us, and he says, here, I've got an invitation for you. Come and live like I've found a way to live, and those who follow Jesus with me. So I hope we can kind of accept that invitation. And and the the question we're going to ask of him, and I hope he's going to answer for us, is how do we defeat discouragement? So how do we both in the same breath acknowledge and not be ashamed of the fact that we are discouraged, but hold on to the fact that we also believe that there is hope, a new morning, a new day, light at the end of the tunnel? How, how do we do that? How do we defeat discouragement? And this is what I think our old friend is going to tell us this morning. Here's a few things. And the first thing I think he'd say is that if we are going to defeat discouragement, we're going to have to learn how to release that really tight grip that we have on how things need to turn out and instead hold on to Jesus for all we've got. That's what one of the first things I think he's going to try to tell us is to release that tight grip that we have on how our circumstances and our plan that needs to happen in order for life to work out and instead transition that tense death grip onto Jesus and hold on to him. When I was young guy i I started out my like working life doing framing like like um just framing houses and i was terrible at it because i was so afraid of heights like anytime i would get up high i just like tense up and my boss who was kind of a friend of mine he used to give me the nickname three point because when i was up high i'd always have to have three points of contact so like if i wanted to move my foot i'd have to do one of those one of these. And like I'd always have to have three points of contact. I was a terrible worker. Like I, I should have been volunteering really. I shouldn't have been paid. But anyways, I, was, I had a really hard time. But that like, when you're, when you're in those situations, you just hold on for dear life. Maybe you haven't experienced like that. Maybe you have or haven't in real life. But I know that we do that as humans. It's natural. But when we look ahead, how we think about what's got to happen in our lives and our plans. But here's the problem. None of us factor in anything to do with catastrophe or sin or misfortune or plans failing or or like just out of the blue curveballs like i just just we can look around i love the seating range how many of you who are like over 35 or over 40 your life has turned out exactly like you planned before you were 35 how many of you it's totally different Look at that. Almost everybody. Online, pretty much everybody in here. That's just true of them. And that's because we don't make plans that factor in the real like uncertainties that life brings. And I think our compassionate and tender-hearted friend Paul would want us to rethink this whole hold on to those plans mentality. And he's got a couple examples in this letter of how he does things differently. And I'm just going to share them with you really quickly. So I told you that Paul was in prison... And when he was in prison, there was things happening outside that were good, but a little bit confusing as well. The gospel was being preached, but not necessarily with good intentions. I don't know if you've ever read this letter before, but listen, listen to what, what Paul says. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach Christ out of pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know that I've been appointed to defend the good news. Those others don't have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful for me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice. Do you kind of hear what he's getting at there? It doesn't matter either way. Like, he's not getting bogged down on the fact that things aren't working out as he planned. I'm sure if he was in prison, he'd want everybody preaching with pure motives. It has to be a certain way. He's just moved past that, and he said, but Jesus is still being preached, and so I'm happy about that. That's good. That's what I want to see. Here's another example. It's a little bit more intense. Paul says at the end of the letter that we're going to read from him, he says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Isn't that incredible? Every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty. With plenty or just a little bit, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Something about our old friend Paul is that he's widely quoted. He's a he's kind of a big deal. That last little quote we hear that all the time, but it's so intriguing that he's talking about being able to live life with nothing or hardly anything. And live life with much, and how he's doing that is he's—it's like in either situation he has Jesus and he's holding on to Jesus. It's not like he has to have much, or he's only has to have little. He has to have Jesus, and he has to hold on to Jesus. Last one, this one, just most powerful in my opinion. It's hard to even get my mind around. So, so what Paul says: For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or I die. For me, living means, uh, li- for me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ, so I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go to be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. What like you want to like you almost want to ask him where does it stop like when do your circumstances like when are you going to get off of that he's like well whether I live or I die that's the extent that he goes to and it's because he's holding on to Jesus in both situations he has Jesus now how does this hit you like maybe a little bit crazy <laughs> like if we're honest like whoa what kind of a light like what kind of a friend do we have in Paul But what just strikes me, and I just hope that we, I want this for me, and I hope you want it for yourself, though. I just am am so struck by the beauty of his unshakable joy. Isn't that incredible? Like, in this situation, if this happens, I've got Jesus. In this situation, if this happens, I've got Jesus, so I know I'm going to make it through. And this is, like, challenging. Like, like there's a million scenarios and a million things going on, but, man, I want to be like that. So I want us to ask ourselves, is there anything in our lives, any plans that we have, any, like, directions or dominoes that need to fall or anything like that, is there anything like that that we are holding on to so tightly that we need to release? And instead, we need to hold on to Jesus is there anything like that we need to do that's the first thing i think our old friend is telling us to do this morning and i've got a few more the the next is i think our old friend would want us to know that in this very moment in this moment in this very second god is still working in your life right now like as you take your breath, God is working in your life, and you just listen to Paul sorry This is just one of my oh man, this is just a verse just gets me. Listen to what he says. This is our friend Paul. I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Isn't that just so beautiful to think about i am certain just let that word just let that word certain just just wash over you this morning i am certain there are so many things that are uncertain all over the place i don't know what's going to happen i don't know what happens if we go into red i don't know what's going to happen if this happens i don't know if like i don't know what i'm going to do i don't know what they're going to do i don't know i just don't know I am certain, certain that God who began a good work in you. How many of you know that there was a time in your life when you knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was working? Right? At one point along your journey, you were like, yep, I know it. I know it without a shadow of a doubt. God is working in my life. I love my Bible. I love the news. I love singing. I love just telling people about what God's doing. I'm trusting. I know I'm meeting God. It's incredible. And then you keep going, and then all of a sudden as you're going, you're kind of like, man, is he still? Is he still working? Like, I remember back in the day. I remember back in the day when I first believed, but, like, I am, if I'm honest with you, I am so far away from that. I wonder if he's still working because there is no way in my perspective that I have any idea that he is still working. And in those moments, there's all kinds of voices going on, right? Mark has taught, Pastor Mark has talked all about these, about voices in your mind, the enemy. And there's they say, well, God has stopped working. <laughs> this can't be his plan. This moment where you sit right now cannot be God's plan. How in the world could it be? How many of you in the room, I just love doing this because I really appreciate you all. How many of you in the room, you could say amen, not right now. You could say amen to the fact that at one point in your life, you definitely thought God was done with you. And then a little while longer, with a little bit more faithfulness and a little bit more perspective, you knew that he was still working. How many of you could say amen to that? Can you say it one more time a little bit louder? Yes. Isn't that amazing? Online, I don't know. Technology is cool. If you want to just type amen in the chat, just so other people there can see, like, it's just, oh man, I've been there. i have not down the road very far, trust me. But there were times where I was like, this, is, this just seems like a million miles away from where God wanted me, but I can say that I still believe that God is still working on my life. I am certain of it. Isn't that so beautiful? And it's true for all 30 of you who are here. Who are following Jesus, that your story is still being worked on by God, whether you believe it or not. Man, I just love our friend Paul. I love his, I love his advice and encouragement. Um, the last thing I think I think our friend Paul would want to tell us is that in order to defeat discouragement, we need one another. We need one another. Like this is becoming a really popular thing to say in our in our culture. We need one another. We're better together. Come together. We need I it's it's a very popular thing to say right now. But I genuinely believe that that's what Paul would would say. And I think he would say this because not only is Paul I I believe he's like our old friend. I think he had old friends. He had people that were that were old friends to him. Listen to what he says in this in this letter that we have. He says um This is right when he's still kind of talking about that really sticky situation where there's some people preaching with poor motives and there's some people preaching with good ones. Listen to what he says in in, in amongst that. For I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, I know this will lead to my deliverance. Isn't that powerful? Did you catch that? As you pray for me, I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. Like, um, there have been times in my life where I have not, I have totally taken for granted the prayers of others. You know what I mean? I have very faithful grandparents. There's some that are probably watching right now that I wish I called more. And when I do call them, every single time, they'll tell me, Andrew, we pray for you every single day. And I kind of go, oh, okay. Thank you. Um... Like, but recently, and especially now that I've stepped out into this crazy situation of being a pastor, like I, I just know so much how, how important it is for people to be praying for me. Um, I mentioned a lot about other people's circumstances, and I really want to be sensitive to them. Like I, I again, I just want. I really hope you see somebody who just wants to be sensitive to where you're going, what you're going through. But I have been going through some stuff in the past couple of months that haven't been very good, okay? I've been stuck in a lot of, like, work stuff that's just, like, um, just been really hard on me. I've been so tired and just, like, really discouraged about, like, whether or not this is all going to work. Am I going to be able to keep everything above board? And so what I did was I got a few people in my life that I would say are, like, my pals. okay? Like, people, like, not the actual one, but, like, people that, are, that play his role. And, um... I, uh, <clears throat> I called a couple of them and I was talking to one. I haven't talked to this, this man. He's a lot older. He, he's older than me. He's way, like, just, he's so much of who he is is who I want to be. And I was, I was talking to him and at the end of our conversation, after some good advice and a lot of listening, he said, Andrew, I pray for you and Lindsay every day. And I was like, it, I, it was almost like somebody had given me a gift you know have you ever gotten this where somebody gives you a gift and you just go like you shouldn't have like how why would you do that like this is way more than like I just was not expecting that and man i think I think this is what we need right now we need to become more than just like we we need to we we need to be a way more of a community we need to like we need to come together, like, not just as friends on Sunday. That's amazing, and it's really good, and these gatherings are so important for me. I already told you, hearing you sing, but, like, those calls during the week. Like, if there's somebody around here that, like, you kind of know, that, like, you're like, I know them. I see them every Sunday, and I, I we catch up and whatever, and they do some cool things. Like, man, give them a call during the week. Be like, man, you mentioned on Sunday you had a doctor's appointment. How are, What happened? Like, is it okay? Like, just... Man, I heard um, I heard you doing the reno in the basement. How's it coming? Like little stuff like that is is honestly there is so much life in those things. And just when we come together, and it's what makes church family, right? And that's that's what we want to be here. So this morning, as your pastor, who is young and learning, and um, yeah, coming a long way, um, I just know that there's a lot of people. I, I just I know there's a lot of people that have gone through some really hard things and are going through some things and I'm really, like really sorry about that. And so with our friend Paul, I just want to encourage you to hold on to Jesus. Try to let go of those circumstances and hold on to Jesus. Remember that God is not finished with you. Your story is still being written. It looks nothing like you thought it would. It is... It is way off the script that you wrote. I know that, but God is continuing to still work in it. Paul and myself, I am certain of it. And just remember that you're not alone. Spotlight wants to be more than just a place you come on Sunday. We want to be family. We want to be. Something, we want to come around one another and pull one another and pray for one another through these next couple of months, right? So let's let's start to do that right now. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for our old friend Paul. Thank you for the way you used him in the past and that you're still using him. Thank you for your holy scriptures and for the life that they give. Father, would you just help each and every one of us, wherever we're at, to just believe that you're still at work in our lives? Would you encourage anybody here this morning who just is really feeling low, God, I pray that your spirit would just just come around them and that they would know this is for them, that you have eyes for them, you see them, that you're working on them, and that you will bring them through. We love you, Lord, we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Mm -hmm.